0: Hey everybody, Chuck and Stacy here with VO Buzz Weekly. I uh, hope you guys are having a good day mm-hmm. or night, whichever it is. Yes. And uh, thank you to all the uh, new subscribers. We really appreciate you doing that. Mm-hmm. And those thank of you, you that haven't subscribed, if you're watching the show and digging it, please subscribe. We'd totally appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. And on the show, we have Sid Highwind from Final Fantasy, Chris Edgerly. Let's, Let's get, get buzzed.
0: Turn it up.
1: Get
0: ready. You're tuned in to VO Buzz Weekly. Weekly
2: to get seriously buzzed with your hosts, Chuck Duran and Stacey J. Aswan.
1: Our guest personifies versatility. From stand-up comedy to animated TV shows like The Simpsons and films, promos, commercials, and over 100 video games, thank you very much. He's flat out awesome, we're so happy to have him here. He is getting buzzed with us. Mr. Chris Edgerly. Yes.
0: yes, Chris!
1: Welcome! Thank
0: you! Get
2: down! Thank you for having me. Absolutely, I can't live up to that. Absolutely, man.
1: Yes, you can. This is
2: gonna be one long letdown Look after that intro. Look at your fantastic intro. shirt. <laughs> you, got
1: the, I know. you got the whole thing going. My wife yes. picked
2: this out. It's cute. She said you need to wear something happy. <laughs> your yeah. patterns make now, you look Now, if Stacey happier. was
0: wearing okay. full white, we would be red, white, and blue right now. We would right be now. go USA. Or you would be bluish. Or go no, France. blue. Some blue. True. You know, doesn't really... Dig it.
1: When are you doing the Tour de France? Is it this summer or next summer?
2: As Soon as I can clear those drug tests.
1: Nice. Ah! Yes. <laughs> okay, well, in the meantime, we'll talk about your other little tiny career sure. you have going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <You're, laughs> um, You go ahead, Chuck.
0: Oh. Because I feel like I'm gonna gonna go Chris. Well let let us Why don't you tell us about your um, your career path, man? I mean, did you always want to be an entertainer?
2: Pretty much. I mean, we're artists, you kinda know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think anybody pushed you into this, did
0: they? Yeah. Well, I didn't know I wanted to be. A musician, for example, till I was 13.
1: And you heard Peter Frampton.
2: Right. And I heard Peter Frampton. <laughs> but you must have loved I rock did. music. I did, I did. You were drawn to yeah. it. You were drawn to I've read about you, your, your dance. Yeah. Your, was it roller? Roller
1: skating, skating artistic. Like
2: national skating. or yeah. world champion? Not roller
1: derby. I didn't knock people down on yeah. purpose. <laughs> so that'd be kind of cool. It was artistic, allegedly, because the rhinestones.
2: Your artistic <laughs> and I like
1: that. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, ever since I was a kid. I mean, you just uh, you kind of you're born with that. Mm-hmm. And I was always cracking my brothers up and friends, neighbors, whoever, yeah. always wanting to sort of hold the floor and tell mm-hmm. stories. And my nickname as a kid was the mouth of the South.
0: The no. mouth of the South. Yeah,
2: that was what my dad called me. Wow. So, Savannah, yeah. Georgia, has
1: never been the uh, same. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah, and. The reason why I know that it is something you're born with (laughs) is because my son is exactly the same way, and he's six. Wow. And he's already... Like, I went to, when he was in preschool, he was three. Yeah, I went to go read a story for the class. I never asked him to do this. He got up, stood next to me, and helped read the story to the class. I thought, well going have to get him his SAG card soon. So
1: right, is he aware wow. of, of what? Does he watch your work and go? That's Daddy. has a, He made that connection. He's
2: a, yeah, it's because I pointed out to oh. him. It's like I brag on myself. <laughs> of like Dad's in that. That's Dad's Shh, voice this here. it's Daddy's
1: part. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, everybody, shut it. Daddy's gonna rewind the DVR. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is a double-edged sword because now it's every show is. Did you do a voice in that? No. No sir. No, yeah. daddy <laughs> oh, no, daddy lost, lost that. daddy lost that one well, too. No, no. Oh, no, daddy didn't. Teaching get him that the goods right? and the bads for his of friends. the business. Yeah, yes. Dad, let's concentrate on the work daddy has done <laughs> yeah. and not what daddy hasn't <laughs> yeah. booked, okay? That's Let me tell right. you about booking ratios, my boy. Okay, they're oh, not that high. That's
1: the next one. That's hysterical. Man. Yeah,
2: exactly.
0: So, yeah. I love it. Ever since, ever since. I couldn't remember when I didn't want to do it. Good, man. Mm-hmm. And what, uh, in, in particular, like voiceover, how did that happen for you? Like when was your the, the time where you said, wow, I want to do this thing? I think, like I was always aware,
2: like you grow up, you watch Warner Brothers cartoons. Yeah. You mm-hmm. think it's great that those voices are there and you walk around imitating them as best you can. Mm-hmm. But not until I was... Living in Orlando, so I moved to Orlando after college, and I'd gotten into stand-up, I was doing that a little bit. I'd booked, uh, you know, a little bit of on-camera work there, and I'd toured a little as a stand-up. and then I found an agency in Orlando that represented some voice acting work. And there's not a lot there, but I was able right. to get some.. Yeah. And I realized that, this is great. You can stay in town. You can sleep in your own bed instead of being on the road. You, you know, you've done the road. It's, yeah It's kind of a chore after a while. So after I eventually moved here I did a few more years on the road but after about 10 solid years of being a road comic I really missed just having the consistency of being in one town yeah. especially a town like this one. Yeah. yeah. If there's a town yeah. you want to be in all the time this, this is, is yeah. this is a good one. Yeah. Well, and I've so. heard
1: you say that Hollywood is like high school without teachers. Yes. What do you mean by yeah, that? Yeah,
2: explain that. It's, a, it's exactly <laughs> what you think it means. It is not a compliment. Um, not, <laughs> no way. No, uh, you know all the cliques from yeah. high school? Yeah. yeah. The nerds, the cool kids, the jocks, mm-hmm. you know, the meatheads, the, the, the troublemakers. It's the exact same thing, except mm-hmm. there's no adult to come in and say, hey, you cut that not. out. Stop yeah. that. Yeah, you shouldn't be that way. It's like, no, no, as you were.
0: Yeah, keep doing
2: exactly what you're doing. Wow. Except the people who are sort of on the yearbook committee kind of run the town now. Right. So yep. you have to you can't give right. them noogies anymore. You know, you got to sure. be nice to them because it'll live
1: on the internet forever. Oh
2: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was kind of one of the dorky ones and so I you know, I don't know where I quite fit in, because so I went to an all boys military school.
1: Mm. So the get usual. Out of here. You not yeah. everyone can say that. That's bragging. No, rights, not man. everybody
2: does say that, even when it happened. Yeah. <laughs> they kind of let that you know go. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I I realize that uh, it's the age old story. If you don't want to get pounded, you know, because I was always pretty small, you got to learn a sense of humor mm-hmm. as your armor. Yeah. You know, and that's the way you're going to make friends. And so yeah. Um, that, that was a nice, uh, defense mechanism I had. Yeah. It's worked out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Is stand-up comedy and, and plus you, like you said, you were on the road. Right. Is it really as grueling as it seems it is?
2: Well, what you see on TV and what you see on stage, if you're just in a club is about 1% Mm -hmm. of the job. The other 99% is the writing, the trying that bit out so you can get it to work the getting the gig booked. Like, if you're just a comic in L.A. or New York, and you only stay in L.A. or New York, you've got to hustle just to get stage time until you can become a regular. And I never went that route. I went the opposite route, which is getting road gigs, Mm -hmm. which is just as hard because you start as an MC, and the MC is the guy that starts the show. He's the guy with the least amount of material and experience and confidence, and here's a cold crowd, go. Yeah. You know, so... He or she is the one that just gets torn to shreds for a while. Right. Mm -hmm. And when you finally take enough of that abuse and you finally start to put an act together, you start to move up and then you're a feature act and then you're a headliner and that takes years. It's extremely rare that somebody does it in just a couple of years. And to become a headliner, like, after 10 years on the road, I was starting to headline consistently but not every single gig and that took 10 years.
1: Mm.
2: And that was...
1: Overnight success.
2: Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> when you're in your 20s, all of it's kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. Even when it's brutal. I mean, you guys yeah, must remember exactly. your you starving days. In your twenties you don't know how broke you are. Yeah. You don't know just how bad you have it because yeah. you're so thrilled to be doing it.
1: Yeah. You feel nice your, and fit because you're like, exactly. oh, I'm so fit and tiny.
2: You can get by just... on bread and ramen <laughs> Right. and stuff that people bring home from their restaurant gig, Crash you know. Service. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'll eat half of that manicotti. <laughs> yeah. You know, sure, it's been out for a couple of days, I'll eat it. It's I got fine. nothing else. Yeah. There's
1: no mold on it.
2: Right. But in your thirties, mm. um, it kind of becomes a chore. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I would say I had hit the wall by about 33, 34. I said, yeah, yeah enough of this. And yeah. luckily I had gotten representation. I had started to get some work and I thought, I'm I'm, I'm done with the road. It's This is going to be voiceover or nothing. Mm-hmm. I like Cortez. I burned my ships. I walked into yeah. my agent's office and I just signed with him. And I said, look, I got 10 or 12 gigs booked for the rest of the year. I'm canceling them they said, you don't have to do that. And I said, no, I want to do that.
0: This has to work out. That's yeah, good.
2: Yeah, I'm going to make this work. We're going to make this work because yeah. I ain't going back
0: out. Yeah. You yeah. know,
2: this is too good of a job to pass up.
0: So, uh, so Chris, uh, <laughs> I get a lot of guys, man, calling me up and saying, hey, man, I'm a stand-up comic. I do uh, comedy here and blah, mm-hmm. blah. And they're doing, like, shows here and there. Maybe mm-hmm. they've been doing comedy, but they really now want to do something with voiceover because right. a lot of their buddies are doing it. Right. So is that... In your opinion, is that a natural transition to for a comic to be able to get into into voiceover and be good at it or it's not unnatural? Yeah. It's
2: not always the fit they think it might be, mm. but a stand-up comic, somebody who's really been doing it yeah. and who's had to deal with the slings and arrows has an advantage over a straight-up actor because they already should have some mic awareness as right. you know and musician you got to know when you're not giving them your best angle as far as acoustically yeah and you also get a feel for i mean so much of our copy is is funny copy yeah you get a feel for where the joke is you get a feel for how to play it Mm-hmm. So much of commercial copy, I mean, more than half of the commercial copy I read is humorous copy. Yep. So getting that joke is invaluable. Comics get the joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so much of an audition, like an on-site audition, a lot of times is being able to just flip that switch. Because you'll spend some time in the weight room and at least, thank goodness for this, voiceover audition weight rooms are not the sharks in the water experience that on Trim. camera... Yes. weight rooms are if on camera. If anything, cameras. you're like,
1: okay, I gotta focus. Stop yeah. talking to me, you know, because yeah. you're having because a good
2: time. Exactly. And that's the funny thing I notice is that with a lot of people at the agency, when you go and you sit and you wait for your turn to read, I just start shooting the breeze with everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. And some people are really kind of trying to get into their copy. And my right. wife said, I went with you once to the office. <laughs> everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people were studying their copy. They handed you yours and you just set it down and started jawing. And then you walked in and you picked up your copy and you just went bam, 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 like that. Is it like, because that's how I operate. Yeah. yeah. I don't have an intensive process. You're not an
1: overthinker. Yeah. No. So when we do the twenty steps of Chris Edgerly's process, we're not we're gonna get to one like two. <laughs> you start
0: at one. Yeah, now let me ask you. And there's this <laughs> shortcut <laughs> to nineteen and a half.
1: I read it. And then I book I, it. Yeah, That's yeah. how it yeah. goes. Yeah. Well, yeah. The book you so I can go through
0: to my son that I'm... You book, yeah. Chris
1: books a no. lot so, of commercials. I love your Pier 1 commercial. Oh, thank I mean, you. He books a lot of commercials. That was yeah. on the set. Really? They
2: had me on the set yes. for that. You know, And I, I thought, don't you guys know that it's... I mean, I guess it's going to be important to you... Yes. But it's never going to sound like that when you do it. But here's the funny thing: I'm on the set. We're at an actual Pier One yeah. in Hollywood. I should have stolen that rooster out of there because <laughs> I, I wanted to buy it, and you, they said the store's not open right now. I yeah. Said, can I just? <laughs> but buddy, I take I'm it? here. Yeah. Like it I wanted to keep that rooster. It into my
1: coat. Yeah. I know. You, you nailed that rooster, man. Why? Thank you. Well, that didn't sound right.
2: You say that where I come from, and they <laughs> yeah. it's a different response. You did a great um, job so, of that. so, yeah.
0: so, so, so for you. Um, we're still back in the comedy versus <laughs> versus yeah. actor, stand-up w- comedy. Yes, can be yeah. an
2: easy transition if you also respect the fact that an actor. Must know the copy and you can't always just deviate from it. Yeah. Now that's what I was gonna yeah. ask. Yeah. You. To so right. So you're not you, the writer, the writer's the writer. Did you
0: end up like, you know, working a little bit with acting and, and getting to your acting chops up? Yes. yes.
2: I was a drama minor in
0: college. Okay.
2: I was gonna be a drama major, but I transferred from a smaller school and they said, We'll take about one third of your credits and I said, Well, I'll uh-huh. see you later. Yeah. And the journalism school took all of them and I said, Well, I'm a J School guy now. Yeah. yeah. But I did a play or two, and I took a couple of acting classes, yeah. and I'd done some on-camera acting, so I had a basic feel for it. Yeah. I am not as nuanced as a lot of people you've had on the show who have a lot of on-camera credits. I have yeah. some. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're all from the '90s when I had hair. You yeah, want what I had. exactly. It's yeah,
1: overrated, man.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah.
1: You've got those. Beautiful
0: eyes. Oh, you right, don't need thank hair. you. Uh, uh, and then, shirt. on the same token, like, were there things from your comedy side that, because you did that for a long time, mm-hmm. were there things from your from your comedy side that you're like, you know what, this part of it doesn't really work too well in the voiceover. Yeah. It doesn't translate very well. Are there th- little things like that that you had to kind of like balance out a little bit?
2: Sometimes, yeah, I think sometimes you have to. Um, you gotta pull it back a little bit because when you're on stage, as you guys know, a live stage performance, mm-hmm. you gotta play to the whole room. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you gotta you gotta reach the back of the room. You don't have to do that in voiceover. They have levels, they have a mic, they'll modulate it, they'll mm-hmm. they'll bring it up when they need to, they'll bring it down when they need to, and it's almost like film acting, it's here. Yeah. You know, you mm-hmm. don't need to use everything. You end up using everything. I don't know about you guys, but on the mic I'm I'm a madman. Yeah. yeah, I, I use, use all, all whole my body, body yeah. parts. Yeah. Make it so yeah, you do have to, you have to tweak. You have mm-hmm. to tweak the um, the rest of the process. I think is the same. Yeah. But you have to filter it for where you are. If yeah. you're on stage, let it all hang out. Mm-hmm. But if you're in front of a mic and it's a voice acting audition or performance, you gotta you gotta focus it more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, you you have, we literally, uh, we have fans all over the world. Mm -hmm. And I know you've been asked this question like 5,000 times, Mm -hmm. Um, but if you're a really good friend of yours, okay, said to you, hey Chris, man, I really- Those don't exist. I I know, but if if you had a friend,
2: and he was a really good
0: friend, and you actually liked him, and he (laughs) said, hey Chris, man, I really want to get into voice acting, man. Mm -hmm. Would you guide me through it? What are some of the first things that I should do in order to start off on the right track? What's some advice you can give to people out there about that?
2: I would tell them the first two things we talked about. Try stand-up if you think you're comedically inclined and get into an acting class. Mm -hmm. Just because you have a nice mellifluous voice, just because you have a nice baritone. Today
0: it means nothing. It means nothing, means Jack.
2: It means people enjoy hearing you talk and that's about it because how do they know you can act? How do they know you can understand the copy? How do they know you can take direction? Total How story. do they know that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're telling a story. Right. Yeah. Even if you're doing, I, I mean, almost all the storytelling um, uh, copy I get is for an insurance company. You know, they'll. It's a product that's the most non-story like product you've ever heard of. But they're going to tell you a story about their company, and they want a storyteller. Yeah. yeah. And it's the blandest product you can imagine. So you've got to take it and make it interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you're a guy who just has a kind of a cool sounding voice, you're not gonna know what to do with that. Mm Because you're gonna be stiff. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, get used to performing in front of people. Get used to being able to interpret, you know, and get used to being able to take whatever experiences you've had in your life and put them on that microphone. Yeah. You know? And and don't be afraid to be judged for it. Yeah. Yeah. Be vulnerable. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, you got to be able to practically make yourself cry, if not on the outside, on the inside, when you're delivering something devastating. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's there's no shortcut to that.
0: Yeah, would you say uh, that that you almost have to eliminate a little bit the fear factor and just go mm-hmm. for it, and not think sure. about what somebody else might think or sure.
2: yeah Yeah. and everybody cares what other people think no matter what people tell you we all care we wouldn't be performers if we didn't care a performer connects with people Mm -hmm. so i care what they think yeah yeah i've even told people in other interviews sometimes you do a performance for a character maybe a beloved character on a video game or something half of the people love what you did half may hate you and my stance is they're allowed to hate me they're allowed to hate what i did
1: well they're invested
2: exactly so if they don't like it yeah they can get on Twitter they can get on YouTube they mm-hmm. can say whatever they want it's I've already been paid I've already had the, the check I, yeah, is clear. Therefore, I, I was great. The, yeah, I don't have to give the check back. <laughs> yeah, you know, sorry, it didn't uh, connect like, with I you. Could yeah. you imagine <laughs> if you had to give a
0: check back? Oh you got enough God. thumbs down. <laughs> if you had that,
1: would be so bad. Or if you got a boost, if you had thumbs you up, know, well, maybe I, we should yeah, start that. Yeah, exactly. Give this
2: video yeah. a
0: thumbs up, right?
1: <laughs> this video <laughs> yeah. surge, you get ten percent increase.
2: That's, That's when word. you'd start to play it too safe. So yeah, oh, even if you're afraid, do it scared, as they say. Yeah, Fear's a good motivator. It is. Fear makes you. It makes you. Really alert.
1: It's just a different flavor of excitement.
0: Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah. Use it. You have this very, very unusual gig with The Simpsons mm-hmm. that you've been on the show now for what, like eight, nine seasons? This is my ninth season. Your ninth season. Now. Congratulations. Congratulations. You're like you. the utility guy yeah. of, of The Simpsons where you do so many freaking voices, mm-hmm. probably hundreds. He's the right?
1: voiceover handyman. He's a voice over
0: handyman.
2: You heard it here first.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. So need a wrench, he's got uh, it. Yeah. Need a ratchet, I, he's got it.
2: I've always thought of my role there as a Swiss Army knife. If they just need a random voice here or there, yeah. you know, yeah, that's that's what I mm-hmm. get, you know. There's an episode coming up where we did the table read and there was one thing in there for me and I thought Great! This is going to be fun when we record it. Yeah. I know what I'm going to do, but sometimes it just comes up. You know, it's like yeah. oh, here's a here's a crowd scene. We're going to pick this person out, and he's going to say this, and all right, you do that. You know, yeah. and uh, it's usually not that random. It's it's planned, but yeah. yeah, it's just it's it's being around the rest of the cast and and filling in wherever they need me to. You know, and just filling things out. I mean, yeah. that cast yeah. is the most insanely talented yeah. cast there is. Absolutely, man. I don't I don't think they need much help.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they, they know, really but, don't. In but, fact, you were so cool, man, in inviting Stacy yeah. and I to, oh, to, an to, a, a to a table read. read was yeah, so cool. it my and pleasure. And I remember, first of all, I've never been to a table read for The, for the Simpsons. Mm-hmm. It's great. And it was absolutely magical because everybody is beyond awesome. Mm-hmm. They're Everybody great. is so great. And the co- that was the first time I've ever... Yeah heard, mm-hmm. and, and watched, but heard an episode of anything right. and gotten so into every tiny little word mm-hmm. that I enjoyed it thoroughly, man. Mm-hmm. It was so cool.
2: That's what Table Reads are really for, is to get a live audience around the actors, and this is a, a lot of shows do yeah, this, sure. and okay. the writers are there taking copious notes, which jokes are landing, which jokes are not is the storyline working? Is the structure solid enough? And between that table read and the time you go in and record, there, sometimes there are changes. Yeah. You know, things didn't yeah. quite work, yeah. you know, and this is the proving ground for it. Yeah. So you guys were part of determining what was going to be recorded cool. the, okay. following, the following Monday. Yeah. And so I love bringing people in for that experience. That's so cool. And yeah. then
0: we had the other privilege of seeing oh, yeah. you go in and do some ADR <laughs> right. uh, for the show, which was so freaking cool. Yeah. Obviously, you do that a lot. Every now and then, yeah, they'll say, okay, you
2: did this character on the record day. There's been a tweak here and there, so now let's re-record it with this. And you know, sometimes you're doing it to picture. Yep. Sometimes you're doing it to an animatic, which is just sort of a black and white halfway process. Yep. But yeah, and sometimes you're doing it and the episode's gonna air in two or three weeks, you know. Other times it's six months away. Exactly. Table reads typically can be nine months to a year before that episode's air. Really? Really? Yeah, so you're you're seeing an earlier stage. And I don't know how long they'd been working with the script up till then. So, right, it's, right, right. you know, I mean, you've had Nancy on to talk yes. about the process. I'm sure yeah. this is kind of what she shared, you know. Yeah. Well, it's the,
0: actually, yeah. we asked her different questions than yeah. we're asking you, Chris. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so she she talked more about all of her awards. Yeah, and I can't talk
2: about all those <laughs> Emmys. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Not yet. She's such a doll. Yeah. She's, she's great. such a doll. She was one of our, what was like our third guest, Very, guests. very first. Literally okay. our third guest. I mean, amazing.
2: She embraces Bart. She oh is the she most is Bart. yeah generous mm-hmm. giving person when it comes to that. Kids were there today at the table read, and I said, oh, wait till Nancy comes in. She'll do BART for you. And sure enough, I looked over my shoulder, and Nancy had found them, and boom, she's doing BART. She's signing stuff. Yeah. You oh. know,
0: she's great. She's
1: wonderful. Yeah, loves that. Well, to ride on this rainbow... The rainbow.
0: The uh, Chris Edgerly rainbow. The Chris
1: Edgerly rainbow. Rainbow tour, catch it. Um, when Nolan Norris... Mm -hmm. was here. And I love
2: that episode, by the way.
1: Fellow CESD pride. Yay. Um, He spoke about the times when things aren't so abundant and mentioned when you guys were probably put in all the crown molding in Valencia.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: So how do you and have you (laughs) navigated the ups and downs of this
2: well, here's the funny thing. Career. At the time I was a single guy.
1: Yes.
2: Not even a girlfriend. <laughs> I was just dating. Just
1: you in the crown molding. Just lady.
2: yeah, exactly. And I even had roommates back then, I think. This was around 04. Okay. And I didn't need a lot of money to just sort of be flush with cash. And so right. I was doing okay. I actually didn't really need the cash, but I needed something to do. Yeah. I was I was eating my own brain with boredom. And so he said, dude, I'm going to put up some crown molding in Valencia. I said, I am in. I'm in. (laughs) Let's hit Taco Bell on the way there and boom, you know, and I know nothing about crown molding. But it's not that hard. Yeah. You know, yeah. But he it, get
1: the level. Yeah, now. exactly.
2: He had a miter saw. He yeah. had his pickup. We we drove around. You know, We we did a couple of houses. We did jokes and cracked each other up. It was yeah. I can't imagine what that must have been like. Do you ever
1: go like ring the doorbell and go, Hi, Ab. Uh, we yeah. used to. Is that what you Would
0: you like some cream, uh, cream, <laughs> cream, cream pie? Cream no, molding. <laughs> crown molding? <laughs> yeah, I mean,
2: technically, <laughs> I look in a house now and I look at the crown molding and go,
0: Huh. Eh, eh. Yeah. we could do much better. could have done better than that. No one.
2: I could have done yes. Me and me and Drake's fortune could have done better than that. Exactly. Have you yeah. have you Sid had
1: and Drake crown molding? That would be yeah. a great. Have uh, you had company.
0: any odd jobs in your life that were like you know something you could talk about?
2: <laughs> I have had I have had fifteen jobs in my life. Fifteen. Oh. The very jobs. first job I ever had. Yeah, at McDonald's. Back in eighty six. Wow. All Were you the, the way fry to, guy? I was every when you're at Donald's at McDonald's, you're everything. You're, you're everything. You start on fries, you go to Chicken McNuggets, you go to burgers, mm-hmm. you go to sweeping out the cooler. Okay. You do it all. Uh, they never let me near the register. Oh funny yeah. that. Yeah, it's like <laughs> the eh. background check was a little sketchy. Is yeah,
1: that whatever right? you do You, you stay don't like back
2: that guy. there near the stuff that can burn you for life. <laughs> uh, you don't need to be talking to the people. Oh gosh. Um yeah, they didn't let me near the cash register, but mm. that I worked at a hardware store. I Worked. Didn't know anything. They kept bouncing me around the different departments. Yeah. I once used the paint mixer without securing the lid. Oopsie. And got a little paint bath there. No. No. Yeah. 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 That
1: was a short-lived job. Huh? That
2: was a couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> I worked in a pool hall. Uh, I got fired from that. You know. Um, I worked in the weight room in my dorm in college, just mm. cleaning up the weights, spotting Wiping people when they the needed waist. it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I worked, the very last job I had, at, when you're kind of in the performing arts, you eventually just drift over two waiting tables, mm-hmm. because yeah. that's the job you can do. You don't need a lot of training, and you can pick up quick cash, and exactly. that's it. But and yeah. it leads your I, days right. typically right. open. And right, right. Uh, yeah. I worked at an Olive Garden. I worked at an Applebee's. I worked mm-hmm. at a rib joint. My very last job ever, I worked at Disney in Orlando. I worked at the Whispering Canyon Cafe inside oh, the Wilderness wow. Lodge in wow. Orlando. magical. And yeah, until they fired me. How I got long fired. Did that you get fired a lot. Yeah. This is the
0: glamorous That's
2: why I like voiceover, because nobody fired him from This is the only one Did you worked. not secure yeah. the
1: plate to your hand, or how did that work? Whoa.
2: This was actually a hard job to get <laughs> fired from, <Trump, laughs> but I cracked that code. You yeah. <laughs> cracked um, the code? Yeah.
1: You so tenacious. Yes,
2: yes. I, uh, like, at that job, they wanted you to kind of be a performer. You yeah. know, right. you're at the Whispering Canyon Cafe. It's very cowboy. It's very Wild West, and, you know, and you sing songs, and you tell stories, and they want you to do your accent and dress up like a cowboy. And mm-hmm. I would miss work. Like, I booked a job on uh, Sequest DSV. That was my SAG job. Mm-hmm. That was in Orlando. I booked that job, so I couldn't make it into work. I was late the day they planned on firing me. So they said, "Yeah, look, you missed this day, you missed that day, you were absent here, and then well, you, you were late everybody. for your own firing." And, uh, and security guard true. escorted me off. Yeah, true. <laughs> By God, you're doing the right thing, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Hey, that's all we have with uh, Chris Edgerly, part one. We're going to be back next week with part two. So check it out.
1: Yes, and please leave us your comments below, and uh, don't forget to subscribe. We love you guys. Thanks for watching, and just remember, you, you always, always have, have time for a little buzz. buzz.